How's it going? I'm doing pretty good. Hot oh, today. Oh, I haven't been outside yet, so. <laughs> I'm not even outside and it's still hot. Oh, damn. It's a little cool in my house, so I'm good. Damn you. <laughs> All right, so we are back. This is episode 10. Um, still season one. I wanted to give us a sort of cool uh, post-pandemic season finale. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, things are starting to open back up and, uh, you know, me and News thought it was a good time to come out into the sun. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Sunlight? What is that? <laughs> All right. Um, so for our general news, uh, gaming stocks are actually going up thanks to the quarantine. So if you're into, you know, the financial side of gaming, um, according to Yahoo Finance, these four companies are doing really well. Um, CD, CD Project SA, Capcom Company Limited, Activision Blizzard Incorporated, and Square Enix Holdings Corporation Limited. Um, so CD Project was trading 110.63% above its 52-week low of $12.32. The company is currently, as of uh, Friday, June 19th, is trading at $25.95. So if you're interested in buying the stock... Um, you know, that's how much it costs. Uh, the company currently has a market cap of $9.98 billion. So, jeez. <laughs> um, if you're curious of how this affects your favorite games, uh, CD Projekt is the holding company of CD Projekt Capital Group. The company and its subsidiary develops and publishes video games for hardware platforms such as Steam, PlayStation Store, Xbox Game Store, Nintendo, App Store, Humble Bundle, Origin, and its own proprietary GOG.com platform. I actually didn't know that they were in charge of GOG. That's how you can find a lot of um, good old PC games on that site. And yes, I didn't know, yes, you can. Yeah, I did know that they were, um, they own that as well. Um, so uh, as far as Capcom, they're sitting at a 89.78% above its 52-week low of $9.59. The company is trading at $18.20 with a market cap of $3.89 billion. Uh, if you're not familiar with Capcom, some of the company's notable games include Resident Evil, Street Fighter, Monster Hunter, and Mega Man. Capcom has seen success this year already with the remake of its popular game, Resident Evil 3, the company is also rumored to be working on a new game in the Resident Evil series that should drive additional profits at the end of 2020. Village. Resident <laughs> Evil Village. I mean, V-I-I-I. <laughs> um, Activision Blizzard saw per share prices soar to 81.6%. Oh, sorry. 81.67% above the 52-week low of $41.84. The company was trading at $76 and one cent with a market cap of 58.56 billion dollars uh to give some background on them activision blizzard was formed in 08 by the merger of activision one of the largest console video game publishers and blizzard one of lar the largest pc video game publishers the combined company remains one of the world's largest video game publishers activision's impressive franchise portfolio includes World of Warcraft, which boasts more than $8 billion of lifetime sales, and Call of Duty, which has sold over 175 million copies across over a dozen titles. 
The Blizzard studio announced last year that it has an update to its wildly popular Overwatch game in the works for 2020. The game has seen massive interest levels thanks to its player base of 40 million in 2018. Activision is also working on another game in its Call of Duty series with recently leaked photos of the game piquing the interest of longtime fans. Um, I personally have not seen these photos. Um, I'm just going to let the game just... There's leaked photos for what? Uh, For Call of Duty. Huh. Okay. (laughs) Do you know by what were they about? No, I didn't see the photos. I just know they, they, they there were leaked photos recently, but I didn't see the photos. Okay. Yeah. Um, I didn't check them out. I was just like, you know, it's another Call of Duty. Hopefully it's not as it's not, you know, mediocre like, you know, some of the last ones, in my opinion. Uh mm. and we'll take it from there. <laughs> okay. Um and uh let's see. And finally, Square Enix, uh, their price per share was sitting at 73.10% above its 52-week low of $31. The company was trading at $53.66 with a market cap of $6.26 billion. Uh, for some background, the company has seen massive success in the past with its Final Fantasy series and maintains a consistent player base across the Final Fantasy 14 online title. The company has a new title in its Near series that should draw return players as well as a Marvel's Avengers title pending release that should draw in crowds from the movie's fan base. So, as you can see, it's a great time to invest in some stocks from your favorite companies. Um, Stock market. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know shit about that, but yeah. <laughs> um, so, interesting. I wanted to give a quick shout out to Bungie. Um, I know a lot of companies recently have been doing this um, because of the recent uh, Black uh, Black Lives Matter protests um, from the death of George Floyd. Um, Bungie, they released this cute new emblem um, in favor of the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, I just happened to be on Twitter while I was typing this and I saw it. Uh, They said, uh, today we're announcing the Be Heard collectible pin and emblem. All profits from the sales of the Be Heard collectible pin and emblem will benefit the Equal Justice Initiative. they are they are on each excuse me ejji.org. Um, pre-orders will become available on the Bungie store starting on Tuesday, June twenty third, twenty twenty. The exclusive Destiny Two Be Heard emblem will be emailed to you within twenty four hours after your order is placed. So I thought that was really nice of them. Oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. That's pretty good. That, that's really good, actually. Um. Next, I saw this article and I thought this was so, so cool. Um, so, the first ever video game approved by the FDA as a mental health treatment. <laughs> um, so, some kids could soon have a doctor's note prescribing half an hour of video games every day. According to CNBC.com, on Monday, Boston-based company Achille Interactive's Endeavor RX made history by becoming the first ever video game to be approved by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration as a medical treatment. In other words, it's the first FDA-approved prescription video game. Endeavor RX, which is used to treat children aged 8 to 12 with Attention Deficient Hyperactivity Disorder, or ADHD, can now be marketed and prescribed as the first game-based digital therapeutic device to improve attention function in children with ADHD. The FDA announced on Monday. 
In the game, players steer a flying craft through obstacle courses where they have to avoid hazards like fire pits or underwater mines while collecting targets. Achille recommends that children who are prescribed the game play for 25 to 30 minutes a day, five days a week for four weeks. Once a physician prescribes the game to a child with ADHD, the child should aim to complete five missions in the allotted time. After those five missions are complete, the game will not allow them to play any further missions until the following day. Achilles' team of neuroscientists and tech designers developed Endeavor RX to improve children's attention spans, using algorithms that can adapt the game in real, real time to adjust the difficulty level depending on who is playing in order to personalize the treatment. The game can be downloaded from mobile devices, but it requires a prescription from a physician in order to actually play the game, Achilles says. The game can also be used alongside other ADHD treatments, including therapy, medication, and educational program, the company says. So far, the game has only been approved for children, not adults. With Endeavor RX, we're using technology to help treat a condition in an entirely new way as we directly target neurological function through medicine that feels like entertainment. Eddie uh, Martucci, Achilles CEO, said in a statement, families are looking for new ways to help their children with ADHD. With a decision by FDA, we're excited to offer families a first of its kind non-drug treatment option and take an important first step toward our goal to help all people living with cognitive issues. The FDA noted that a review data from multiple clinical studies involving more than 600 children before issuing the approval. Achilles Game offers a non-drug option for treating children with ADHD and it's also an important example of the growing field of digital therapy and digital therapeutics. Jeffrey Shuren, director of the FDA's Center for Devices and Radiological Health, said of Endeavor RX in a statement. The FDA approval is the culmination of years of research and development by Achille. In 2017, CNBC wrote about the company's mission to develop video games that could treat a range of mental disorders, from ADHD to depression and Alzheimer's disease. At that point, Achille was already working on obtaining FDA approval for what was then called Project EVO, which eventually became Endeavor RX. Pretty cool, actually. Yeah. I know. I was so excited when I read this. I was like, oh my god, they're using video games to treat disorders. I was like, this yeah. is so great. Yeah. yeah that, like, it's not, and, and the premise of the game, uh, like, I feel like I definitely played games like that before, and yeah, yeah they keep you on your toes, so like, that, yeah, that's definitely a good game to, for them to try out. Yeah. Um, hell, I, I, feel like, I feel like games that kind of like that um, uh, can even go beyond that. There's like Audio Surf, which is an old game. There's probably like new variations of it now, but like mm-hmm. uh, it's basically the same concept, uh, but you throw in like a rhythm game to it, where okay. you're 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 a vehicle and you're or a spaceship. I think in Audio Surf, uh, you put a song, you load up a song, and the uh, vehicle will go down the highway, mm-hmm. and you kind of play Tetris with it, where there's different color uh, blocks that fly to you, and if you touch it. Uh-huh. Uh, it will add it to the to the grid below you, and essentially you're trying to make a max combo kind of like Tetris, and you want, but there's some of them that are gray, and you don't want to touch those because they stop combos. Oh, okay, wow. And and each of those colors are to the beat, so a faster song will have a lot more things, slower songs will have it slower. So like something <laughs> like so like that kind of that kind of game being approved is like really good. It's really great and. It can like that can expand depending on how how they work it. I feel like it could like expand into the music part, like like Audio Surf. I feel like that game would work for them as well because then that okay. allowed them to be creative with the music, uh, have different tastes in music, and you know, all that. Right. 
Okay. Wow. That's just, that's just amazing. I'm just so happy for them. And I hope the, um, this treatment really works. Um, and I hope they are not even them, like other companies, I hope they develop, um, more games for people with, um, disorders and, you know, even for people that have had, you know, depression, you know, I hope there's more games like that for them. Right. You know, know, having to get drugs and stuff. (laughs) Right, right, right. (laughs) Okay. Um, so PAX West has been turned into an online event. Yes. Uh, PAX West, the giant video game convention, originally planned for a Labor Day weekend in Seattle. Well, I didn't know it was in Seattle. I, yo, next year, I'm going. <laughs> um, planned for Labor Day weekend in Seattle is being turned into a nine-day free online event as COVID-19 forced organizers to cancel the gathering, along with PAX Australia. Originally scheduled for September 4th through 7th, PAX West will now morph, morph excuse me, into PAX Online from September 12th to 20th. The international event will also be supported by EGX, the largest gaming event in the United Kingdom. PAX began in 2004 in Bellevue, Washington as the Penny Arcade Expo, created by the company behind the Seattle-based Penny Arcade video game webcomic. The celebration of gaming culture has since expanded with PAX events held globally. According to a news release, PAX Online will run 24 hours a day and include game reveals, demos, esports tournaments, an indie showcase, and more. In a post on the official website, organizers said going beyond a physical venue could allow them to do more than ever before. PAX has always been a community first, from the attendees, panelists, exhibitors, to the incredible enforcers who keep PAX going all year, Jerry Holkins, co-founder of PAX, said in a statement. PAX Online brings that shared experience home. Even if we can't all meet in Seattle or Melbourne this year, we look forward to reconnecting with our friends and welcoming everyone to our new home. Packs online. Technically, you're already there. All right. Sick. Sick. Yeah. yeah. So um, at least that's one of the many events. Um, if you guys don't know, uh, because of COVID-19, a lot of the events got um, pushed online this year. Um, E3 got canceled. Um, so a lot of the companies, a lot of the development companies um, sort of had their own press releases. Um, I missed I missed Xbox's one. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about EA plays for like a small second, um, only because of um a rumor that I heard, or rather, on PCGamer.com heard. Um, I did watch the Sony one though. I did watch the Sony um event, and I gotta say, I'm really excited about that Spider-Man game that's coming out. Miles, um, Miles, Miles, Miles. Which will be starring the Miles Morales um, Spider-Man. If you guys don't know, um, the game is going to be a complete game. It's not an expansion pack. It's not um, a DLC. It's going to be a full game. It's just a spin-off a, of the original it is a standalone Spider-Man. game. Yes. Anybody that says it that's not working for the company is clearly shitting your elder ass. <laughs> yeah. So, um, what else? I think. Um, I'm always missing Nintendo's events only because they have them during the day while I'm working. And like, I just always forget to just go on Twitch and just watch it later. And that, you know, that's besides the point though. <laughs> I miss it a few times because they're usually in the morning. Right. And I'll just, just miss it. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I'll, I'll get back to more of um, the upcoming events later. Um, so NVIDIA had a AI Pac-Man project. This is this was really interesting. I thought, what the infinite never lose Pac Man? <laughs> yeah, 
Um, so NVIDIA is best known for its graphic cards, but the company conducts some serious research into artificial intelligence too. According to TheVerge.com, for its latest project, NVIDIA researchers taught an AI system to recreate the game of Pac-Man simply by watching it being played. There's no coding involved, no pre-rendered images for the software to draw on. The AI model is simply fed visual data of the game in action along with the accompanying accompanying controller inputs and then recreates it frame by frame from this information. The resulting game is playable by humans and NVIDIA says it will be releasing it online in the near future. The AI version is by no means a perfect uh, facsimile though. The imagery is blurry and it doesn't seem like the AI managed to capture the exact behavior of the game's ghosts, each of which is programmed with a specific personality that dictates its movement. But the basic dynamics of Pac-Man are all there. Eat pellets, avoid ghosts, and try not to die. The work had been done in collaboration with Pac-Man's creator, Bandai Namco, which is celebrating the 40th anniversary of the arcade classic um, this May. So, yeah, their 40th anniversary was last month. Oh, sick. Mm-hmm. I completely forgot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I completely forgot. Because I do... Re- I, I do, I do re- I do remember them mentioning it like on an article or uh, on a website, but I completely forgot about it. Mm-hmm. But that, but that's super cool though. Uh, weird AI experiments like this are like always interesting to see because it's like mm-hmm. we're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> yep, almost there. Uh, so back to EA. <laughs> uh, EA revealed the first gameplay for Star Wars Squadrons. Uh, according to Polygon.com, on Thursday, Electronic Arts revealed the first gameplay trailer for Star Wars Squadrons, the spiritual successor to the classic Star Wars X-Wing and Star Wars TIE Fighter space combat simulations. The video, which is available on YouTube, shows off the first person in cockpit action. Squadrons appears to take place after the events of Star Wars Return of the Jedi and the destruction of the second Death Star. The game invites players to take flight in eight iconic starfighters and support ships paired in evenly matched sets. Fighter class ships include the X-Wing and TIE Fighter, while speeder interceptor class ships include the A-Wing and the TIE Interceptor. Bombers include the the Y-Wing and the TIE Bomber and the game's support ships, both hailing from Rogue One, a Star Wars story, include the TIE Reaper and the U-Wing. The final game, which launches on October 2nd, will retail for $39.99. It will be available for the PS4, Xbox One, and PC via Steam, Origin, and the Epic Game Store. Squadrons will also be playable start to finish in virtual reality, and will be compatible with PlayStation VR and PC VR systems, all with cross-play support. In the single-player campaign... (laughs) In the single-player campaign, players will take on the role of the New Republic Vanguard Squadron, and the Imperial Titan Squadron. In multiplayer, they'll have the opportunity to fully customize their pilots, including the facial features as well as their clothing. I want to see that for myself. Uh, That customization also extends to the ships themselves, which players are free to paint in a variety of colors and with period-appropriate deck halls and other flourishes. Customization also can be applied inside the cockpit as well, with elite dangerous-style bobbleheads and holographic doodads galore. Oh no! Oh no! People's <laughs> gonna make their interior so stupid looking. It's just gonna—it's just gonna be an entire cockpit full of, uh, like just bobbleheads all all over the ground and, and like just all over the place. Ugh. I wonder if they'll put in like, as like a sample, 
like those little um those little chess pieces from the original Star Wars movie. Remember when they were playing against Chewbacca? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Remember that? I wonder if they'll put that in there. <laughs> um, the trailer also states that the entire game, start to finish, and including all multiplayer modes, can be played inside VR. Outside of the PSVR system, no other specific VR systems were mentioned, nor were alternate control devices such as joysticks and HODAs or HADAs, which stands for hands-on throttle and sticks, mentioned. Multiplayer includes mm. five versus five online gameplay in several different modes. But the most Love involved- <laughs> But the most involved appears to be the mode called Fleet Battles. Here, players vie for control of an entire battle space through a series of linked attack and defense missions. The culmination is an all-out attack on an enemy capital ship, which will require the destruction of key components, such as the shield generator and targeting systems, to bring it down. Uh, fleet battles will also be available as a single-player mode or a cooperative mode against enemy AI. The narrative hooks to the larger Star Wars universe run deep, including cameos by Star Wars Rebels star Hera Syndulla and original trilogy ace Wedge Antilles. One cutscene in particular calls out the Ndiri dockyards while showcasing an MC-75 star cruiser. The same model as the profundity, well, profundity commanded by Mon Calamari Admiral Radis in Rogue One. The ship can be seen pulling in, pulling in front of a massive Starhawk capital ship to screen the larger ship from incoming Imperial fire. Action sequences of space combat included starfighters, skidding in sharp turns as in Battlestar Galactica and boosting into the fight as seen in Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. The in-cockpit HUD seems ripped straight from Star Wars A New Hope and features fully functional instrumentation. More than 50 ship modifications are available, including tractor beams, turrets, mines, and more. That sounds awesome, especially if it in going go into VR. Woo! Mm-hmm. Oh, I a lot of thought into this with all the modifications and everything. Oh, that's gonna look beautiful. So right, after, I I look at, after I look at the trailer on YouTube, I'll determine whether I I think uh, you know I might give this a shot. <laughs> I haven't I haven't watched it yet neither, but I hope it looks nice because like VR is a niche. And I feel like, like aircraft battles in VR is like one of the best fits for uh, VR. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, okay. like, and do, do, like doing any kind of like uh, aerial combat stuff like in VR feels so. It feels like it, it, it's just right for it. Mm-hmm. And very immersive, the idea. Oh, okay. Because you know, like. You know, put on the headset. You put, you sit down in your chair, and you, you know, you're now in a cockpit. Like that, like that's that's so good, <laughs> so good. Versus like if you're playing like a shooting game in in, in VR, and you're moving, but you're not moving because you're right. standing still. Yeah. All right. Again with EA. Um. So apparently, there may have been some sneak peek images for Dragon Age Four. Maybe yeah. it doesn't Maybe. exist. What are you talking about? It doesn't exist. <laughs> Listen, I'm not losing faith. There will be another Dragon Age, okay? <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Hope lost. <laughs> <laughs> um, according to PCGamer.com, some images from Thursday's EA Play livestream may be part of the new Dragon Age. The images appeared during a montage in which EA Chief Studio Officer Laura Meal 
talked about the capabilities of the next generation of game consoles. Three images were revealed, including a tree, a covered bridge or arched entrance, and some random red glowy thing, which looks suspiciously like the Red Lyrium referenced in previous games. So, yeah, I, I went on um, the live stream and I looked and I saw those images that the um, PC gamer is talking about. And, yeah, it definitely looks like Red Lyrium. That tree definitely looks like something out of Dragon Age. And that, like, covered bridge or arched entrance looks like a burned-down church or something like that or some something to that effect. So, I definitely, definitely believe that those images are from the new Dragon Age, okay? Nah, Maybe. nah, you're overthinking. <laughs> it's cl- nah. it's clearly from the, obviously, the new meme to life of Skate 4. Okay, listen, well, you know what? To make those skate parts look really epic then, because Okay, uh, get your calendars out because we'll be right back for game releases and announcements. Whoop. And we're back. Hellos, we're back. <laughs> All right, so this is a part of the show, if you're not familiar, where we basically talk about any game releases coming out or any delays, things like that. Um, Big okay. delay. <laughs> Well, you guessed it, because that's the first thing we're going to talk about. So if you don't know, Cyberpunk 2077 got delayed again. Again? To like September, or no, November. Yep. Uh, let's see. Um, so yeah, it got pushed back another two months to November 19th. Um, originally, it was supposed to come out April 16th. Then it got delayed, and then they said September 17th, and now they're pushing it back again to November 19th. Um, it's a setback for a studio that previously assured fans and investors that the virus lockdown wouldn't hamper its pros- you know, progress, um, but CD Projekt blamed the high complexity of the game and its revamped engine. Uh, and I quote, Making such a decision costs us your trust, and trading trust for additional time is one of the hardest decisions a game developer can make, the company said on its Twitter account. Our t- intention is to make Cyberpunk something that will stay with you for years to come. Um, you know what? Honestly, I don't blame them um, for delaying it. I, I don't get mad at delays because it's like I'd rather the game be good than them rushing it and it be a crappy game. I mean, yeah, I completely agree with that. I also am of of the uh, person of uh, don't announce games way too fucking early. Yeah. Um. So this would be this like in my personal opinion. Uh huh. This would not be as bad if they didn't if they announced Cyberpunk like more recently than like you know nearly like what. Three—I don't remember anymore. It was like mad years ago that like we had we had something about Cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. So like, come on! Right. If it was announced recently, we would get like everybody at some point has to get over the first like delay. But this is like what the second, third delay now. Um, I think so. The second, like, come on, the second one. But I mean, yeah, like I but, said, I but, would rather but, be. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, so the company still plans to hold the virtual event on June twenty fifth. Uh, June twenty fifth. That is calendar will come up. Uh, that is Thursday. 
this coming Thursday. Um, they're showing the latest cyberpunk updates, hoping to soothe fans. Um, at the same time, journalists will be allowed to publish previews of the game from hands-on testing that started earlier this week. Um, the company expects cyberpunk, a story set in the dystopian Night City, to be an even bigger hit than its medieval fantasy predecessor, The Witcher. That game's sales jumped following the December release of a Netflix series based on the same books. Investors also have high hopes for Cyberpunk. This year, CD Projekt became the most valuable company traded in Warsaw, vaulting it past every other European game maker. Um, on a conference call, CD Projekt assured analysts that the November 19th release wouldn't slip again. Having the new date close to Black Friday in the U.S. could help sales because of increased shopping traffic, the company said. And video games may be more in the spotlight because of the launch of Sony Corporation through PlayStation and Microsoft Corporation's latest Xbox management said. Cyberpunk will be released for current gaming consoles with a version for next generation machines coming in 2021. Well, hopefully it's good. Like, I'm excited for a cyberpunk aesthetic game. Yeah, I, I from the original footage that they showed in E3, it looked like something that I would definitely play. So Definitely. So, hopefully, like, part another part of me when it comes to the games that are delayed is don't think about it too much or else you'll hype yourself for nothing. Right, that's true. Um, next, so there's this awesome video game bundle that's going to be on Polygon. Um, so, uh, no, well, Polygon announced it. Basically, there's going to be a, a, a video game bundle. It's called The Bundle for Racial Justice and Equality. It's on itch.io. Um, that, is that still up? Because I remember it was like 1,700 games on that. Really? Because um, it says for a minimum donation of $5, you get more than 740 works. Um, and maybe this is a new bundle. Uh, maybe. Um, it says the proceeds will be split 50-50 between the NAACP Legal Defense and Educational Fund and the Community Bail Fund. Um, you can donate however much you'd like. Um, you know, naturally, I would hope you guys would, you know, donate more than $5. Um, an example of some games that they're offering is Oxenfree, Overland, Art School, Wide Ocean Big Jacket, Quadrilateral Cowboy, Gun House, and Fortune 499. Um, so yeah, these games are um, are going to go to those um, corporate, uh, excuse me, companies, um, you know, for the Black Lives Matter movement. So I thought that was really cool. Oh, definitely. The, yeah, those. Uh, I don't know if it's, it's the same deal or if it's another deal. Mm -hmm. uh, but there was a previous deal that itch.io was doing where uh, it, they were selling like 1,700 games for like that would normally had like a base value of like fucking $1,000 or something or more. And you could get it for like five or $10. Oh, cool. I gotta look that up. Unfortunately, when I heard it, it was, I heard it via a podcast of another person. Oh, and I heard it the day after, and on the podcast, they were like, oh, yeah, it's ending in nine hours. And I, I heard the podcast <laughs> the next day, so <laughs> I missed it. Okay, Um. well, hang on. Let me see when this article is written. Because it might be a different bundle, just now that you mention it. Okay. Then I'll make up for the thing I did it to. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um... Oh, it may it may be the same one. This article is a couple weeks old. This article came out uh, June sixth. Oh, I doubt like the it'll be over. I mean, if all the if it's donating for the Black Lives Matter movement, which is still going on right now, I I don't think it's over. 
Okay, so I'll probably have to go look it up again to see if uh, it's still up. Yeah. All right, so next, this is the reason why I said for you guys to get out your calendars because there's a lot of stuff coming up. Um, and basically, inverse.com had released, um, you know, um, basically a list full of events that's going to come up um, during this, this coming summer and fall because of E3's cancellation. And they figure, you know, it's so hard to keep up with everything. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's start off with where we are. Let's see. This happened already. Let's see. Okay. So tomorrow or today, if you're listening to this, I'm planning on releasing this on Mondays. Um, the Summer Game Fest Developer Showcase is happening at 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Um, this was revealed last month on May 22nd. This event is coming from Jeff Keighley and the day of developers. They're going to highlight several games during a single presentation. These will range from indie games to AAA titles. So definitely keep an eye out for this event to see what cool new games are revealed. Um, next, the next day for Tuesday, June 23rd at also 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, it's going to be on New Game Plus Expo's uh, Twitch channel, or NGPE. They're giving another uh, presentation that will highlight new announcements from several major publishers. Most of them are going to be Japanese. Uh, participants include Sega, Atlas, Natsume, Idea Factory, Spike Chunsoft, Koei Tecmo, Gung Ho, Actil, Arc System Works, Playism, NT Creates, Grasshopper Manufacturer, Access Games, Miss America, SNK, and Way Forward. The uh, day after, which is Wednesday, um, is going to be a Marvel's Avengers War Table stream. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, I remember that they but, mentioned there was going to be that stream. Yeah, um, so while Square Enix and Crystal Dynamics haven't revealed much about Marvel's Avengers in recent months, uh, but we'll be learning more about it this summer. On June 24th, the first War Table stream will be held to reveal more about the game. According to the game's Twitter account, this presentation will focus on new gameplay and co-op. Oh, good. Literally the main two things I wanted to know more about. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so on the same day, June 24th, uh, IGN, um, is, it's their final day of their summer of gaming, which um, originally was just going to focus on Dreamscaper, um, an action RPG roguelike set within a woman's nightmarish lucid dreams as she deals with depression. Now this day will also hold the reveal of a new game, new trails for Cartel Tycoon, Shadow Arena, and Sherlock Holmes Chapter 1, and a gameplay demo of Biomutant. No, oh, <laughs> Biomutant. <laughs> Sounds straight out of like a, like a 70s cartoon. <laughs> Biomutant! <laughs> the same day, Again, a little busy Wednesday. <laughs> we'll be uh, Pokemon Presents. Um, just one week after the last Pokemon Presents showcase, the Pokemon Company uh, company will hold yet another one. According to the Pokemon Company CEO, Sunekazu Ishihara, there's another big project the Pokemon Company is working on. We'll learn what this is on June 24th. Uh, Thursday, June 25th, um, like I mentioned earlier, is going to be a Night City Wire. It's going to be Cyberpunk 2077. It's going to be on Cyberpunk 2077's YouTube channel. Um, after a de- delay in months of relative silence, CD Projekt Red will showcase more of its highly anticipated RPG Cyberpunk 2077 during a Night City Wire presentation on June 25th. An exact time and details on what will be shown have not been confirmed yet, 
This event was originally pushed back from June 11th out of respect for ongoing protests against systemic racism, like many other events this summer. Uh, same day, June 25th, uh, on this day, uh, for IGN.com, they're going to be looking or well, getting an in-depth look at gameplay for Torchlight 3. Uh, that'll be our first large look at the action RPG since it was renamed and reworked in January. Oh, so what was it called before? I don't know. Mm, Gotta look that I up. Don't, I don't remember. <laughs> uh, so they haven't said what day, but it's in June. So it's only, I mean, it's only like a week and some days left in June. Uh, will be the 2K game showcase. Uh, the showcase has not been officially announced, but Venture Beats Jeff Grubb claims that Borderlands publisher 2K is planning on holding its own digital presentation sometime in June. We will probably learn more about the publisher's sports games in this, as well as other stuff it has in the pipeline, like Mafia Definitive Edition, and maybe even Bioshock 4. Okay, next, um, we're now in July. So July 7th, 2020, at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time is Nacon Presents. European publisher Nacon also plans to hold its own pub publisher-specific showcase in early July. During this presentation, we will learn more about Werewolf the Apocalypse, Earthblood, as well as some unannounced games from the publisher. A couple days after that, on July 11th, uh, will be TennoCon 2020. Digital Extremes will once again be hosting its annual Warframe Expo, though this time it will be online. This day-long celebration will likely contain some brand new announcements for the multiplayer sci-fi shooter that is reportedly coming to the next generation consoles. All right, something I'm particularly looking for, Ubisoft Forward will be July 12th at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Ubisoft.com. As Ubisoft can no longer hold an E3 conference, it is holding its own event on July 12th called Ubisoft Forward. This presentation will highlight the studio's upcoming titles, including Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Gods and Monsters, Watch Dogs Legion, and other games that have not been revealed yet. <laughs> Took a yeah. while for more information, but we'll eventually get it there, hopefully. <laughs> right. Um, two days later, on July 14th, will be Stadia Connect. Uh, we hosted on Stadia YouTube's channel. Stadia. Um, <laughs> um, Google will be holding yet another presentation for its fledgling game streaming platform, Stadia, on July 14th. So far, Orcs Must Die 3 is the only game confirmed for the presentation. Hopefully, it will also include news on some cool new exclusive ports and promised features that haven't yet been implemented into the divisive platform. So next is um, develop Devolver Direct 2020, which will be in mid-July. Devolver Digital has hosted satirical E3 press conferences over the past couple of years, though they also sprinkle in announcements of new games and release dates on June 14th. Devolver Digital played on Twitter that Devolver Direct will be mid-July if all goes well. The production this year will have some updates and release dates of upcoming games and a couple of new games to reveal all with gameplay. Okay, now I'm going to pull up the next page. You still have some stuff going into uh, about August. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. So I think I mentioned this already. The Summer Game Fest uh, Developer Showcase, um, according to this, will be on July 20th on the Game Awards channel. 
Um, like I said earlier, Jeff Keighley and Day of the Dead will once again be hosting their showcase on July 20th. While it will probably be showing different games, expected to play similarly to the June event it shares a name with. Still, this gives indie developers another good opportunity to show off their titles. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, so um, Microsoft is hosting something. Uh, while they haven't shared an official date yet, we know we'll be holding an Xbox 2020 live stream in July. It will focus on first-party games, ones published by Microsoft, including Halo Infinite, and new titles from Double Fine and Obsidian Entertainment. Uh, apparently, how about, But how about that price, though? <laughs> uh, they're never going to share the price. I mean, I said the same thing when Sony had released their thing. I was laughing because I was in. Um, shout out to Black Girl Gamers. Um, I was in their live stream when they were um they were hosting the uh, you know Sony's PlayStation um announcements, and we're all in the chat and we're just like, okay, it looks great, but where's the price? <laughs> so, so all of a sudden, no price, like no the, price, <laughs> right? Like the um. The freaking um <laughs> stream just ended, and we're like, okay, <laughs> well, thanks for nothing. <laughs> um, so Microsoft was also also hosting um another event in August. It looks like the same event, but they're I guess splitting things up. Uh, Microsoft promised in May that it would hold an Xbox 2020 presentation every month for the rest of 2020. Ah, okay, so that makes sense. That's why it's on here again. <laughs> ah. Uh, Venture Beat initially stated that we can expect Xbox's next event to happen sometime during the second week of June, but are now saying the event has been pushed to August. It will provide a closer look at the new Xbox console, which is the Xbox Series X. Grubb did remove it from his schedule following protests over over police brutality and George Floyd's death, so this may be in flux. Okay, um, still in August, early August now. Uh, according to VentureBeat, Sony planning a PS5 presentation for August. Uh, that report claims that this event will highlight a combination of current and next-gen games. If you're a fan of PlayStation, keep an eye out for this event once August. Oh, so is August the, 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 the month of what's the fucking price? <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, This article, Inverse released this pretty uh, just a couple of days ago, so they must be having another event in August besides the one... Um past yeah so let's see um okay um oh okay the game developer conference so um march's game developer conference was canceled in march due to covid19 i remember that because i was actually i was when i was on my way to san francisco i was looking up to see if i could stream the event and they were like oh it's canceled and i'm like okay great (laughs) but um uh, it's an additional replacement for it is being held in August. While this event is mainly focused on developers networking with each other, some companies have historically had announcements around uh, game developer uh, GDC or Game Developers Conference. The same could be uh, the case this year, even with the change in format. Next, uh, August 27th. So let's see, it's the Gamescom opening night live. Uh, to kick off Gamescom and concluded Summer Game Fest, Jeff Keighley will hold Gamescom opening night live. This event will function as a press conference where a variety of developers and publishers can show off their games to viewers at home. Participants have not been revealed yet. Oh, great. Well, you can catch it on Gamescom use either their YouTube or their Twitch channel. Uh, and finally, for the end of August, um, 
Oh, wait, excuse me. Now there's a date. <laughs> so kicked off by opening night live, um, a digital event. Oh, sorry. A digital version of the European gaming event Gamescom will take place from August 27th to August 30th. Over the course of those three days, other shows like Awesome Indies and A Daily Show will reveal new games and go over titles announced around that time. It's an exciting way to end what we will to end what will be the busiest summer in gaming history. The damn show will. All right. Um. So that's it for um announcements. Um. What else? Oh, our throwback game of the freaking day. Let me go get that really quick. You know what? It's great that all of those events are happening because you know what? It's just like it kind of sucks with um you know the virus and everything and hang on one second and I just wish I could go outside (laughs) for my leisure, not for you know, not for work. See if I have it. Can't find it. Oh wait, I know I can't find it. Ha! That's why I couldn't find it. Internet went out. All right. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So yesterday um, was the 23rd anniversary of Final Fantasy Tactics. Uh, it was released yesterday for the PS1 in 1997. Yeah! <laughs> Tactics is such a good game. Oh my god. Um, also, that same day, um, but 17 years ago in 2003, uh, a game called Mother 1 and 2 was released for the Game Boy Advanced in Japan. Um, the Mother series. Everybody loves that series. A lot of people love that series. Theories behind everything. Uh, I played it a little bit, so I I don't have the same I don't have the same attachment everybody else do. But the fact uh-huh. that everybody is so passionate about it just makes me feel kind of giddy. Okay. Well, cool. I've never played any of the mother's games, so I'm cool on that. <laughs> All right. Um, this was a great comeback episode. I missed recording. Um. I missed talking to you guys. Um, I missed my fabulous oh, co-host, Pajo Nuj. So, Who are you? <laughs> so, um, yeah, um, that's it for season one. Um, next week will be st- we'll start season two. Um, anything else you wanted to share? Uh, nope. It's hot as hell here, and I hope I can go outside so I cannot go outside. <laughs> I just I, would like to have the choice to go outside. I know, yeah, that's what it, that's what it is. That's what I, everyone's aggravated. It's like you can't do it, so you want to do it, and it's just making you insane. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, so that's it. We'll uh, we'll see you guys next week. This was fun. I really missed this, and um, hopefully we can keep it consistent despite the virus. Um, Maybe we're not. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll say I don't know about you, but I am not a man of consistency. <laughs> well, well, I am a man of consistency in dumb things. <laughs> well, we'll we'll work that out for our future <laughs> for future episodes. All right, guys. Um, have a good afternoon. Have a good summer. Stay safe. Please wear your mask. Okay, we want to go back outside. Keep your mask on. All right. Word. <laughs> Adios, peoples. See ya.